the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway on the day we save America. Good morning once again. Thanks for being with us. Nine minutes past 10 o'clock on this Tuesday, D-Day, Decision Day, the eighth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022, the day we have been pointing to for two years now, pointing to as the moment that we undo the damage that was going to be done over the 22 months between the last election and the swearing in of the Biden administration with full congressional control by his party. Uh, to today. We knew damage was going to be serious. It was going to be significant and severe, and it is. And there's a lot of damage that has impacted all of us here in the state of Ohio as well. So what are we going to do? This was the moment we've been looking to. Now what do we do with it? Well, according to the latest numbers, we are poised to do an awful lot with our opportunity here. Republicans now have a 70% chance, according to Market Watch, of winning the Senate in the midterm elections, joining the lower chamber, and winning the House. This is a, a it's a very, very strong uh, predictor. It is a very historically accurate predictor. And we now have a 70% chance of winning the House at the federal level and the Senate, which is a tremendous thing. And of course, none of that matters if you don't actually go out and make it happen. That is assuming everybody who plans to vote that way does go out and vote and does not take anything for granted. But that's only the legislative side at the federal level. We have a legislative side at the state level that is extremely important as well. And nobody talks about the judicial level. The judiciary is maybe even more important. I know we are a three separate but co-equal branches of government system, and it's true that they are co-equal, but one of them may be as important or more important than the others, at least here in the state of Ohio. The Supreme Court control is up for grabs, and we are blessed now and honored to be joined by three extraordinary associate justices in the Ohio Supreme Court who are poised to make sure that this state is run by legislators who are monitoring and following the Constitution. It is their job to make sure all laws that are passed and all decisions that are made are constitutional, and these three are extraordinary. Two of them are running for re-election to their associate justice positions. One of them is running for chief justice. Let's welcome to our program now all three of these very important uh, individuals. First, Sharon Kennedy, we spoke with about a week and a half ago. She is running for Chief Justice against Jennifer Bruner. Uh, Justice Kennedy, good to have you back. How are you this morning? I am fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity to come back and speak with your listeners. Well, it is a pleasure to have you, and it's so important to have you, as well as uh, your two uh, colleagues on the court. Uh, let me welcome uh, Associate Justice Pat Fisher to our program, running for re-election to his position. Justice Fisher, good morning. 
Good morning. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, sir. Thank you very much. As well as now, Associate Justice Pat DeWine, the third of the what I believe to be right uh, judicial temperament uh, justices that are serving on our court right now. Pat DeWine, thank you for joining us this morning. How are you, Justice? I'm great. Thank you. This is all about judicial temperament. This is all about the, the recognition of the Constitution and the, 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 the right of all, all Ohioans to expect that the Constitution is being followed by laws that are uh, created and by decisions that are made uh, at the executive level as well. And that's why it is so important to have all three of you here. Now, I want to ask you as a body or as a group, and, and uh, uh, Justice Kennedy, you can go first simply because uh, you're running for Chief Justice here. Can you explain to you know the, the lay Ohio voter who really has heard all about J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, they've heard all about you know the congressional candidates as well, the House candidates as well, but they just don't know a ton about the Supreme Court. Can you explain the importance of having... Uh, you know, a judicial philosophy prevailing on that court that is not activist, but that is solely interpretive of the Constitution? I can. Thank you for the question. And for your listeners, I think you look at it from the perspective of some common sense. What were the founders creating when they created this tripartite system of government that you spoke about? The legislative branch, which is to go forth and actually create the laws that we, the people, want. They're our representative voice. The executive branch goes forth and gives it effect and enforces it. And it is the role of the judiciary, as the founders saw it, to wait for the case and controversy to come before them, to decide what the law says, not what the law should be, to make a decision based on the Constitution, the language of the Constitution, at the time is as it was written and commonly understood, and simply apply it to the facts of the case. It is not our province to actually go out and create words or create legislation by eliminating words or adding words to the Constitution or a statutory provision. A great number of Ohioans believe judicial decisions should not be based on personal feelings or political views, only the text of the law. That is the only way to preserve the republic is the separation of powers and the men and women in the judiciary who will respect that limited role. That is uh, very well said, Justice uh, Sharon Kennedy. Justice Fisher, if you want to build upon that and also talk a little bit about yourself and your philosophy, because, you know, it's one thing for us to say this is what a Supreme Court should look like. This is what jurists should be all about. But they don't know you from your opponent. So can you tell us about yourself and how you fit that bill? Sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, several months ago, some guy was yelling at me, complaining that I was what he called a common-sense textualist. And I said, no, I am. Thank you. Keep <laughs> saying that. <laughs> because I, you know, I always joke about Fisher, my name Fisher has a C in it, the German way from down in Cincinnati where I grew up, that uh, common sense, C for common sense. And you as Justice Kennedy's mentioned, you looked at the te- you got to look at the text, the words. You can't just make up what you want because you feel the words are wrong, or you want to get what you want by you know arguing differently and not following the words as written at the time. It's not. I, I know people have great respect for justices and stuff, but it's not that hard to enforce the law as written. You just do it. You look at the words and you say, that's what that means, and you do it. And 
justice, justices on our courts that are not the three of us just kind of manipulate the words to get where they want to be instead of following the words where we're supposed to be. You know, Justice Fisher, uh, before I go to Justice DeWine, can you give me an example of that? I think that's what people need to hear. Um, I know, generally speaking, you, uh, you know, those on courts like the Ohio Supreme Court don't speak uh, of their colleagues' decisions without writing a dissent. Um, but can you be specific when you say that some of those who are not the three of you are not necessarily following the, uh, uh, the job description as, as advertised? Yeah, I, I had a dissent where uh, the, the Constitution says that it's the uh, the redistricting map by the OD, um, by the redistricting commission mm-hmm. for four years, or it actually puts two elections for four years, shall be enforced. It doesn't give any exception, and yet the majority keeps finding exceptions, even though it says four years two, or two elections. I don't I don't know how you get to that. If there's no exceptions written in, if they don't exist. Well, that, that that's a great example. Uh, we're talking with uh, three Ohio Associate Supreme Court justices or associate justices on the Supreme Court. Sharon Kennedy running for chief, uh, Pat Fisher running for uh, a reappointment or reelection rather to his seat, as well as Pat Dewine and Justice Dewine. Uh, if you'd like to also kind of follow up on that, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. You had at least by the by the numbers a four to three majority on the court who kind of believed in this by way of their status as Republicans, but. I think the last chief justice or the outgoing chief justice, Maureen O'Connor, didn't necessarily always um, uh, see things that way. Can you talk about the importance of having four, at least four, strong, united uh, textualists, as uh, Justice Fisher just talked about on this court? Sure. I think you know, probably the best way to do that is to give another example. You know, we had a case this year. You've probably heard about DuBose. Yeah. Uh, this was this was a case where we had someone who allegedly committed a murder, then fled. I uh, got arrested in Las Vegas. When he got arrested, he had credit cards on his own, gave the cops fake ID. But anyway, when they, they caught him, they brought him back. Judge held a hearing on bail. And at that hearing, the victim's grandmother came in and talked about how scared she was that this person got out. Now, the whole family was terrified. Well, so the judge in that case set a bail designed to protect the community. But that wasn't the end of the story because the case ultimately reached the Ohio Supreme Court. And when it got to our court, uh, four to three votes, so all three of us wrote dissents, but four in the majority said that judges in Ohio, when they set bail for violent criminals, are not allowed to even consider public safety. And they said that judge in that case made a mistake because she listened to the victim. And going forward, judges can't consider public safety. They can't listen to victims when they set bail for people who've committed allegedly violent offenses. Uh, you know, that's really dangerous. Uh, it's led to people getting out on low bails across the state, uh, many times committing other crimes. Fortunately, uh, the legislature uh, and some prosecutors, uh, Attorney General, uh, saw what was going on in Issue one was put on the ballot, which will overrule the DeBose decision and allow judges to again consider public safety. But we, you know, we can't afford to amend the Constitution every time the Ohio Supreme Court decides a case. So, you know, we've got to have four judges, justices on there who are committed to the rule of law.
That is such an important point. Thank you, Justice DeWine. So, Justice uh, Kennedy or Justice Fisher, either one of you here, talk a little bit more. And, Justice Kennedy, you and I did this uh, a week ago about Issue 1. Um, clarify one thing for me that Justice DeWine just said. He said that going forward, if Issue 1 passes and we get yes votes from enough Ohioans on this, judges will be able to consider public safety and criminal record of the individual, the accused, when deciding on bail. Is it just able to or does it compel just judges to consider those things before issuing uh, uh, a bond it is enumerating a series of factors in order for trial courts to consider and it is seriousness of the offense likelihood of of return Mm -hmm. threat to community safety and the offender's criminal history And then the provision goes on to say, and any other factor that the General Assembly shall enumerate. That was actually in the original language of the 1851 Constitutional uh, Amendment controlling bail. So the General Assembly had the power to actually assert and enumerate factors in the statute for trial courts to consider. That really does, as Justice DeWine just said, take us back to where we were before the DeBose case. So they have a series of factors. They should be looking at all of those factors when setting the bond of a dangerous offender. Now, again, I apologize if I sound redundant in my question, but uh, um, should consider those things is different than must consider those things. Does issue one compel a judge to consider all of those things before deciding on a bond? I think it says shall consider these things. So does that mean must I don't mean to pick nits here. I just want, I'm really curious about it because I hope it does. I hope it does. I hope it's it doesn't allow a judge off the hook where a judge can say, yeah, I can consider those things, but I'm choosing not to. I'm choosing only flight risk the way they did in the DeBose case. So I'm curious as to what shall the actual. Shall is mandatory. So it's a must. So it is a must. That's important. Uh, Justice uh, Fisher, weigh in on this if you could and explain. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Justice Kennedy. Yeah, no, I was going to say it's a must, just like oh. Justice Kennedy said. But if it's not a factor, the judge can say, well, it's not a factor. But if it is a factor, the judge must consider it. But even if it's not a factor, the judge just says, well, I considered it, but there is no evidence. Now, with, Without getting Wine, into too much legalese, what, what does that yeah, mean, though? Okay. What does a factor mean, Justice uh, Fisher? It, a factor is a, it generally is a list of elements or uh, characteristics that a judge has to consider or can consider. In this case, the judge must consider, must consider and, and, the and public t- safety. T- tell the people of Ohio, at least those who are listening right now, Justice Fisher, what it would mean for public safety if we don't pass Issue 1. If Issue 1 fails and judges are allowed to just do what we saw in the DuBose case and consider flight risk only and not public safety and not witness safety, something that Justice Kennedy and I have previously discussed, witness safety in cases like this, uh, what does this mean for the state of Ohio in terms of public safety? Well, think about it this way. Let me, instead of witness, let me give you a better example. Right. Domestic violence case. Alleged defendant allegedly beat up girlfriend or wife, comes in, currently under the Dubose case, the judge cannot consider public safety, i.e. safety of the woman, when setting bail. And a guy goes gets out on no bail or very little bail and kills the wife or the girlfriend. In Buffalo, New York, 
That very example happened about a week ago. Domestic violence case. The judge, they believed in no cash bail, which is the same as what we have uh, with you can't consider right. public safety. And he got out, and the next day he killed the, the woman. Well, and, but, and Justice, even but, even without even without that horrific end, uh, the individual can just do enough to scare, threaten, or intimidate the the woman into going well, forward with her claim, saying, "If you do this, well, it's, it's going to get worse." Exactly, just as, as Justice DeWine mentioned in that case, the Dibos case, the grandmother of the victim testified in court that they were scared of him, and the judge. In the in the Supreme Court again lowered bail. It, it it's too it's overturning two hundred years of judicial control of that issue, and it's just saying let let people go doesn't matter, and that makes no common sense. No, it just, it's 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 indefensible uh, is what it is, Justice uh, Fisher. Uh, let me go back to Justice DeWine now and talk more about the importance of these three races. And if people are just tuning in, you're listening to the three current associate justices on the Ohio Supreme Court that you absolutely must vote for. Two of them to their uh, reelected to their positions, and one of them in Justice Kennedy as the Chief Justice. Justice uh, DeWine, the importance of this could not be uh, uh, overstated. I believe because if we get all three of you to win these races, uh, Justice <coughs> Kennedy's spot as an associate justice is now open, and this would provide an opportunity for the governor, your father, if assuming he wins again, uh, to fill that spot with hopefully another conservative justice. And that, I guess that really is the ultimate thing here because it's a 4-3 court then. And if it goes the other way, if one of you loses, it is essentially going to be a, a, a flipping of the court, correct? Correct. I mean, if any of us lose, we will have an activist Ohio Supreme Court. The act, you know, we'll have, we will have a court that instead of simply applying the law, We'll have a court that goes out and pursues its own policy agenda. That's what happened in the DeBose case. You know, my my opponent, for example, she says she agrees with the result in DeBose. So uh, I think that shows you, uh, you know, what could happen if we lose. I mean, you know, that the, an activist court is bad for public safety. Uh, you know, we've seen this kind of no cash bail, defund the police agenda coming from the coast. Well, the DeBose case is kind of part of that right it's it's much in the way of getting rid of getting rid of bail and you know the last thing we need is that kind of agenda uh from the majority on the ohio supreme court yeah i'm going to assume uh, justice kennedy that your opponent jennifer bruner is the same way uh feels the same way about for example dubose uh yeah she joined the majority and she said recently in an npr interview that as the chief she would drive ohio to no cash bail it's one of her platforms on her website for running for office for chief i don't understand how they can wear robes i'm sorry i don't mean to be flippant here but oh my goodness no i mean it's just so dangerous to the public uh justice fisher terry jameson is your opponent in this uh case as well also on the majority on debose no uh she, she's an appellate judge but she she's uh, been reluctant I, I, I mean, in her position. statement, in her, in her, uh, in yeah. Her... Now she she's taken a very uh, hands off approach, let's say, to okay. answering the question. But uh, I mean, well, that says a lot. Right? Doesn't with, that answer the question? She's running with the other two. 
right. that are clear where they are. So I, I assume she's with them, but I don't know that. Yeah, well, if she's not going to say directly and uh, that, that DuBose is wrong and we need to have judges consider public safety and witness safety and criminal records and criminal history when we decide bail, then she, if you're not willing to say that, then you are obviously saying the opposite. So that's what I want people to know as we wrap our conversation here and as they head to the ballot boxes today. Uh, Justice Sharon Kennedy must be the next Chief Justice. You absolutely have to get there and vote for her. You have to vote for Pat Fisher. Oh, and like I said, this is a, they're appearing with me today, not out of time convenience uh, together, but because they are all together and like-minded ideologically when it comes to interpreting the law and being uh, you know, justices that are not activists, but that are act- actually textualists and believe in the Constitution and rule accordingly. So we need Pat Fisher, Pat DeWine, and Sharon Kennedy to all return to the court with uh, Justice Kennedy in the chief seat and then have an appointment to make sure that there is a uh, like we say, a textualist uh, court rather than an activist court. And if the state of Ohio is to be safe and is if the state of Ohio is to be run properly, this is simply a must. There is no uh, ambiguity here. So uh, to all three of you, thank you for coming on together. Thank you for presenting a united front and making sure to tell Ohioans that we have to vote yes on issue one. And we didn't talk about it, but we need to make sure that only citizens vote as well, which is on issue two. And we need to make sure that all three of you get back onto the Supreme Court. Justice Sharon Kennedy, Justice Pat Fisher, and Justice Pat DeWine, thank you all, and the best of luck to you for your sakes, but also for all of ours in the election today. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. And, and Bob, if you want to help your listeners remember, they can vote for the rock group, Sharon and the two Pats. I like it. I like it. That's, that's, that's a great name. And I hope there's a band out there that'll think about that. Sharon and the two Pats. That works, that works for me. Anything to, anything to commit that to memory when they get inside that, uh, precinct. Thank you, Justice. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. There, there you have it. Uh, Sharon Kennedy, Pat Fisher, Pat DeWine, all of whom have to win. If, if, if you only go halfway and vote for one or two of them, but not the third, we're screwed. We're going to have an activist court. As I think Justice DeWine or Justice Justice Fisher described, we're going to have an activist court of leftists who do not believe in the Constitution and its text, but believe in legislating from their benches in their robes, and that can't happen. Time out now for news. Peter Kersenow analyzes all of the above and more next on Always Right Radio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.